Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I am your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with HowStuffWorks and iHeartRadio and love all things tech. And before I jump into today's topic, first, I want to welcome a special guest. I have Annie from Stuff Mom Never Told You right here in the studio. That's right. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for literally sitting still in the studio after just recording an episode of Stuff Mom Never Told You and letting me come in here and record tech stuff. <laughs> kind of like it's my job or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to uh, have this opportunity to have this conversation with you and also, um, yeah, be, be on tech stuff. Awesome. I, well, I'm glad you can slum it. Uh, <laughs> stuff Mom Never Told You is a phenomenal show and has been ever since its inception. I I remember actually being there on the pitch meetings for that show. So it's been fantastic seeing that show grow over the years and evolve. It's been phenomenal. And again, before we jump into this topic, one thing I want to say at the outset for everybody, this is going to be a very special episode of Tech Stuff. It's going to be, it, it, we're going to deal with some mature themes, mm-hmm. uh, some adult themes. These are all euphemisms, but we're going to be talking about sexuality. We're going to talk about gender bias. We're going to talk about double standards. We're going to be talking specifically about a product that is a sex toy. We're going to be talking about this frankly and honestly because I think it's a very important subject for many reasons, but I wanted to make that clear at the outset just in case there are any listeners out there who are not comfortable with this subject matter, uh, they feel like that's inappropriate. I'm not passing any judgment whatsoever. I completely understand. So this is a fair warning. If you do find those sort of topics uncomfortable, I totally understand. Uh, However, I do stress that you should check out Stuff Mom Never Told You because you will learn very quickly to become comfortable with these subjects because they are important ones and you'll realize, oh, okay, I, I get it. Uh, but I realize that for Tech Stuff audience, that might be asking a lot right out of the gate. So now that that's out of the way, what, did, what brought us here together today? So I went to CES 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada, mm-hmm. which I have learned is pronounced Nevada. Not, oh. not Nevada. Oh, no. No. I've been making that mistake for years. I, you and most of the country. But <laughs> uh, but the people of the fine state of Nevada will tell you, you, yes, that you are incorrect. Uh, when I went there, one of the stories that popped up was uh, about a product called Ose, O-S-E with an accent, a gu on mm-hmm. it. Uh, and is it a cue? I don't it know. Is it? Uh, it is. It yep. is. Oh, excellent. My <laughs> my French is not parfait, unfortunately. But, <laughs> oh, that was um, pretty good, though. I think I think it Merci might be. beaucoup. Je parle anglais, but uh, français, eh, not so well. Je désolé. Je suis désolé. So. At the CES, there was this Ose product, uh, which some people have described as a vibrator. Although the creators would quickly point out that that is far too simple simple a name for this thing, Uh, but it's specifically a sex toy marketed for women, designed by women, and they had submitted this product to the Consumer Technology Association, that's the organization that throws CES, uh, for consideration for what is called an innovation award. They got one, then they got a letter saying, just kidding, we're not going to give you that award, we're taking it back. And then also, oh, and by the way, you aren't allowed to show this product at CES. And that brought up this enormous conversation about what actually happened, who's in the wrong, what does this say about 
the not just the technology, but the attitudes towards sexuality, specifically women's sexuality. Uh, are there double standards in play? And so we're going to suss all that out, Annie. And I asked you on here because I wanted someone who has credibility to be on this show for once. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I have never been to CES, and I know you're kind of old hat with it. Yeah. Um, was this something – because from what I understand, they found out like a month later mm-hmm. that the award had been rescinded. Right. They submitted the the application earlier in, uh, in 2018. So this process takes a long time, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies typically submit these products to the Consumer Technology Association. They, in theory anyway, go through and screen all the products and then all the ones that at least past the initial screening, go to an independent review board. They assign a score. Any product that uh, gets a certain score or higher meets a threshold gets the designation of honoree. Whichever product gets the highest score in its category gets a best of innovation award. Mm-hmm. So there is no limit to the number of honorees. The limit is only based upon the quality of the products that they get. Uh and the companies that submit these know th- know well ahead of time because they need to be able to market the product as a best of CES or an honoree or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had known all the way back in October 2018 that this was going to be an honoree product. But then they got the letter in October. That was like a month after they had found out the, uh, the award. So I guess they technically learned of the award in September 2018, mm-hmm. get the letter in October 2018 saying – Lol, just kidding. We're taking it back, and uh, and so the news didn't break immediately then, mm-hmm. which some people would argue was uh, kind of a, a publicity stunt. But I would argue that's absolutely what was needed. Um, the news broke during the show itself because they did show off the Ose at an event called Showstoppers. Oh, uh huh. So. CES is this huge, huge event, and there are a lot of little spinoff events that are – some of which are directly connected to CES and some of which are not at all endorsed or sponsored by CES but are always part of it. And mm-hmm. Showstoppers is one of them. And it's an opportunity for some of the smaller exhibitors to get together and show off their products and be seen. And so while Jose was banned from CES because Showstoppers was not an official CES event, they still could exhibit there. So they did go there. And that's where the story really started to get traction. Mm-hmm. Because this was a – the Ose is the very first product from the company uh, Laura DiCarlo, De, De which is the – that's the name of the company that produces it. Right. Um, it's the first product they've ever made. So they didn't have a lot of press attention leading into this. This is kind of – in a way, you could argue, ultimately, it's probably the best thing that could have happened for that company because it brought right. so much attention to it. Uh-huh. And uh, they're, it's the subject of eight patents, right? Like in robotics yeah. and biomimicry because mm-hmm. obviously the team at DiCarlo wanted to know what reason – are you rescinding this award? Yeah, and they got a couple of different responses, uh, one of which was – infuriating. Uh, Well, both of them, I would argue, are infuriating. (laughs) But the first one in the initial letter that was sent to them that told them that the award had been rescinded, uh, there's a passage. I'll quote it directly because I want to make sure I get it right. This is what the CTA wrote back. They said, 
entries deemed by CTA in their sole discretion to be immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, or not in keeping with CTA's image will be disqualified. CTA reserves the right in its sole discretion to disqualify any entry at any time which, in CTA's opinion, endangers the safety or well-being of any person or fails to comply with these official rules. End quote. That is a loaded statement if I ever heard one. Right. So... Women's sexual pleasure is either immoral, indecent, obscene, profane. profane. <laughs> yeah. Or not in keeping with CTA's image, which I would argue is probably the one that is the most true, but in, yes. a, way, in a way that is is me s- passing judgment on CTA, not on women's sexuality. Right. So let's, let's get a little broader picture here for a second. Um, CES and sexuality are not separate things and never the twain shall meet. In fact, It is totally not the case. Uh, From the 1980s until 2011, the two – the the CES event happened in conjunction with another big event in Las Vegas, the Adult Video uh, Network Awards or Adult Video AVN show. Mm -hmm. So this was a show in which uh, adult content, essentially pornography if you prefer that term – uh, was going on, and frequently, you if you had a badge to one, if you had a badge specifically to CES, it would get you entry into the other conference as well. And there were lots of comments about this, about how the target audience for both conferences tended to be the same, which was mostly straight dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, but anyway, that there was no real, there was no real shying away from that. It's not like. They weren't officially handshaking, being buddy-buddy about it, the two conferences, but they also weren't shying away from it at all. And the only reason the two conferences went their separate ways and now are scheduled at different times of the year or different times in January is because they were just running out of space. It wasn't so much that it was, oh, no, we can't be associated with them as opposed to, well, the adult video guys were saying – The real problem is that CES is jacking up all the prices of all the hotel rooms in all of Las Vegas so people can't afford to come to our conference. So we're going to hold it at a different time where the hotel rates will be back down to normal. So had nothing to do with being obscene or profane. So the question then is why is this product viewed as that? Especially if you were to walk around CES, especially if you were to walk around and really pay attention, you would find that there was a meeting room off the main hall in CES where Naughty America was showing off a virtual reality application in which you could view pornography in virtual reality. And they were giving live demonstrations of this at CES. Mm-hmm. There was a Solarna, which was a sex robot meant for men, mm-hmm. essentially a very advanced sex doll. Yeah. Um, and there are other aids as well that mostly you could argue even those that are uh, intended to be used by women are done so in a way that kind of reflects back toward men. Yeah. Those all seem to be fine. They were all yeah. allowed to be shown. Mm-hmm. The Jose was not. Right. And I know that CES until pretty recently, right, had a the – not that this is exactly on the same level, but they had booth babes. Oh, yes. Yeah. In fact, they still do. But it's not it's not nearly as prevalent as it used to be. But yes, it used to be that if you walked in – when I first went to CES in 2008, it was a very common practice to employ uh, women, uh, usually models, typically wearing revealing clothing, um, 
for really just the purpose of enticing people into the booth, right? Presumably men. Pre- mostly men, yes. Yeah. And it was it was typically these women would have at least, you know, kind of a bird's eye overview of what was in the booth so that they could at least give a very shallow spiel of what was happening there. Mm-hmm. But rarely was it the case that they were informed enough to really talk about the product. So they were there almost like set decoration. Uh, it was very much an objectification kind of, of thing. Uh, there were exceptions. There were some people who employed what would folks would refer to as booth babes, and they were incredibly well-informed and good on them. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Still was a little weird that they're using women and revealing clothing to try and get people to come into a booth. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many times I was trying to get from point A to point B in a conference center and couldn't get through the hall that I was in because there was just an enormous crowd stopped to taking so they can take photos of booth babes posing. Um, I know this will shock you. The Ed Hardy booth one year was particularly bad about that. Um, but yeah, that that is less prevalent today. There are still booths that use women uh, to try and entice people to come in, but it's not nearly as overt and it's not nearly as prevalent. So that's largely been cut back, but it's still something you see occasionally. And in in these our current times, um, well, one I probably hear from listeners so much about this um tech company abc has done xyz sexist thing mm-hmm. um the culture is hostile towards women and mm-hmm. non-binary folks um forces them out and it's infuriating because it is a self-fulfilling prophecy it maintains the status quo so many stories in technology and entertainment gone yeah but also ces because of this climate we're in where you will get called out for this stuff now mm-hmm. like they in 2017 and 2018 they had an all male lineup of keynote speakers yes um and that led to the hashtag CES so male mm-hmm. and also these terms like brogrammer mm-hmm. and brotopia yep so in your experience is it I'm sure there's probably data somewhere but is it mostly men CES? Oh, okay let me put it to you this way okay one of the longstanding jokes, and it's not really a joke, but it's kind of like the trope, is that CES is a conference where it's one of the few places where you're going to have an enormous group of people, and there's always a line for the men's room and not one for the ladies' room. Mm. So you get immediately what that means, right? Yeah. You immediately understand. You're thinking, oh, yeah, no, that tells me what's happening here. It's like, and you'll, I, I remember talking with so the press gets real chummy chummy okay. at CES you know because we all end up working in the same media room so we end up talking with each other i talked with a lot of women in press over the last 12 years of covering CES and i remember uh, multiple times where they said like the one thing i like about this show is i never have to wait if i need to go to the bathroom i just there's never a line like that's the one good thing and i'm thinking you know i was like ha 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 at the time and then as time has gone on and i've become more as the kids say woke <laughs> i thought hold that was more of a warning red flag that i should have really paid attention to that wasn't so much a you know here's something funny about the show but rather uh, this is this literally is one of the few positive things I can say about this experience uh, from from the perspective of a woman. And the more I paid attention and the more I stepped outside of who I am, 
as mm-hmm. just a boring straight white dude, uh, the more I began to appreciate that. But it does require that you take – if you're like me, it does require that you take yourself out of that. The state of Georgia is still a state where, as far as I know, where sex toys have to still be called adult novelties. Yeah, obscenity laws. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it was uh, – it prevented stores from selling – sex toys until a few years ago uh, they sold novelty items or i think this is really telling marital aids yeah instead yeah yeah i mean that's the state i grew up in so you know mm-hmm. it, it's 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 taken a long personal journey of growth for me to get to the point where i can have a at least an appreciation of what is happening not it's still not directly affecting me uh, in that sense which again is a reason why i wanted to have somebody else on this show to talk about this topic Hey, it's Jonathan from the future breaking into Jonathan from the past, and uh, I'm interrupting probably me, but possibly Annie. Either way, we're going to be right back with more of this conversation. But first, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor. Another thing that uh, kind of gears back into this is, uh, you know, I, I said that the initial response was saying this obscenity thing. Yes. And obviously that needed to be walked back on right away or else that was going to be the worst optics in the world. And not like – I mean you can't – you can never unsay stuff. So <laughs> it's still really bad optics. Yeah. But there was a, a subsequent letter that came from uh, Gary Shapiro who's the president of CTA and um, one of the executive vice presidents, uh, Karen Chuka, I believe, wrote a letter and they said in that one – not that this was an obscene or profane product, but mm-hmm. rather the reason that they rescinded the award was because the product did not meet the qualifications of the category to which it had been submitted. Because there are 28 di- – at least in 2019, there were 28 different categories for uh, innovation awards. And OZE was submitted in the robotics and drone category, which when you first think about it, you know, if you if you're told the oversimplified story of this is a vibrator that was submitted to robotics and drone, yeah, your first thought is like, well, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't seem to fit. Uh, but in fact, one, it's far more complicated than a vibrator. It it doesn't vibrate. It has all these motions that are meant to mimic human motions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one of the purpose, the stated purpose of the Ose is uh, to create a blended orgasm. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the the founder of Laura DiCarlo says that it, she's very upfront. She says, I'm working to perfect the, the female orgasm. That's what I'm looking to do. Mm-hmm. And this is to be a product where you don't have to use your hands. It's yep. mimicking human motion. It's meant to mimic a partner. It's supposed to... Uh, it has all these complicated things like it has it has AI in it. It's got uh, it's got uh, high tech materials in it. It's got robotics all through the design of this product. They have yeah. a PhD in robotics who worked on this. Mm-hmm. So I said it, it obviously should qualify. And I actually went back and looked at earlier uh, recipients mm-hmm. of the robotics and drone. Honorees, and in 2017, one of those honorees was uh, a lidar sensor, which in itself is not a robot. It's mm-hmm. not a drone. It's a component. Now, it's it's an important component. Lidar sensors allow robots to detect the range between them and other objects, 
and they can do it very, very quickly. It's what uh, autonomous cars use as part of their systems to detect the environment around them. So very important, but it's not a robot. Right. It's not a drone. Mm-hmm. It's a component. And yet this other device, which you would argue this seems to fit in robotics way more mm-hmm. than a sensor would, is somehow disqualified. So it still doesn't seem to be a satisfactory reason for, and it certainly doesn't seem to be a satisfactory reason to say, not only are we taking your award away, we aren't allowing you to to exhibit Exhibit, at CES. Right. And I mean, they went through, like you said, they had to go through this panel of judges. Yeah. And they all said, oh, yeah, it qualifies. And like I said earlier, it's the subject of eight pending patents for robotics, biomimicry, and engineering. Yeah. That doesn't seem like it's something that is just a, a simple device. Right. And, you know, CES is no shortage of the same thing a billion times over and simple gadgets. I mean, you see them everywhere. And some of them still are considered honorees because they fall into whatever the category is. Uh, I would argue if, in fact, they genuinely think that this doesn't fit in robotics and drone – that perhaps what needs to happen – first of all, I disagree that that is a valid answer. I I reject that. But if you have to go with that, I would say there's a very real need to create a category specifically for health and sexuality that is called for that I think – because these products do exist yeah. on the show floor. Like, again, mostly geared – with men in mind, at least at some in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. and if they're if those are allowed, I cannot understand what the justification is for denying this other one, right? And this kind of gets to that bigger issue. That's not this isn't a tech issue. This is a culture issue of viewing women's sexuality and sexual pleasure as being taboo. Yes, this is huge. It is huge. I have a a kind of joined universe of horror movies that almost all of them are male writers struggling with their fear of female sexuality. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I mean, would love to talk about that one, one day. That would be, I wish I could talk about that on this show. It doesn't <laughs> it's quite, a different podcast. You know, it's a different podcast, but as someone who loves horror movies and also loves the social commentary that Me is in too, there. Yeah. yeah. Like, I and I think of ones that try to treat it in a way now I'm going off on a tangent, but we'll get back to it. Don't worry. <laughs> but I think of ones that try and treat it in a way that is more aware, like It Follows, I would argue, is a little closer to being more aware because it's treating this uh, this idea of sexuality and almost like uh, treating like a, like a paranormal um, entity as almost like a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah. Uh, I think that that one is probably a little better than, say, uh, things like Carrie, which I think still is not the worst <laughs> – Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the worst. Uh, 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 what am I trying to say? It's not. It's not the absolute worst version of viewing women's sexuality as being this kind of related to this kind of thing of of either being unclean or being taboo. Mm-hmm. But it's closer because you know you've got the whole menstruation yeah. aspect of Carrie that's in there. Anyway, back to this <laughs> other topic. So this is something that is clearly – it's clearly seen beyond tech. And for women, this is not a surprise. No. For for men like me, you might think like, oh, yeah, I never really thought of it that way because, again, it never directly affected me. But this is, this is something that uh, is getting more and more 
attention as women are able to assert themselves more and more. And we're starting to see that trend change where we're seeing less suppression of that voice. Like, I would say that we're seeing more of this despite men as opposed to because men are giving women space. It's more that it's because women are taking space. <laughs> yeah. Which is good, but uh, also sad that it has to happen. Sad in the sense that, you know, guys like me aren't aren't making more room. Right. But, um, yeah, let's talk about that a bit. So the implication to me is that if if a device – is ultimately intended to enhance the sexual pleasure of a man, that's fine. Yes. But if it was only for a woman, which you could also says, since the message, if it's to eliminate the man's role <laughs> yeah. in, in providing sexual pleasure to a woman, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, the founder of... DiCarlo Laura Haddock, she said, you cannot pretend to be unbiased if you allow a sex robot in the shape of an unrealistic female body, but not a vagina-focused robotic massager for blended orgasm. Yeah, I, I think, think that's... Yeah. And I think that's pretty clear. Now, to be totally fair to all parties, uh, the CTA has not really commented on this very much. In fact, I tried looking a lot to see about any follow-up from this because there was a lot of media attention in the immediate uh, uh, fallout of the the announcement that, oh, by the way, we were invited, but then they revoked our invitation. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find anything. Um, so it if there are any truly – ethical or uh, legitimate complaints on the part of CTA, they have not been shared publicly. So we are left to glean what we can from the letters that were sent to Laura DiCarlo. And those are the ones that seem pretty damning with this. And um, I'm curious what, when I asked you to do this and you started looking into it, what were some of your reactions? Oh, not surprise. (laughs) Um, It's so much of, uh, in the words of past Stuff Mom Never Told You co-host, host Caroline, the female orgasm is more regulated in this country than almost anything. Mm. Um, And that, we have a long history of that. Until like the early 1900s, doctors and men in general in Europe and the U.S. thought women did not experience sexual desires or pleasure. Yeah. That's recent. Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole hysteria, genital massage, um, doctors complaining of cramped hands. That's the only reason we have vibrators is because male doctors were tired of giving genital massages. Um, And at the time, masturbation was called self-abuse. Right. So... You didn't really have any other option. And you can argue that a lot of these topics are still very largely taboo. I mean, it's this is one of those things where I think only recently I would be able to have this conversation with you and not feel like I was doing something wrong. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't because of any intrinsic thing with the subject. It was rather this cultural belief that has been instilled in me 
uh, you know, I'm I'm a generation older. Well, not quite a generation, but I'm older than you are, Annie. Uh-huh. Uh, significantly older because we had a conversation <laughs> earlier that that, that where I had been married for several years, and you were talking about being in middle school, and I was like, well, okay, <laughs> but but it it I come from a generation where it is still kind of it's a foreign thought to me to be able to have these sort of conversations, frankly, and uh, and not feel like I'm doing something wrong, uh, but. I've been seeing that growing trend where people are embracing sexuality. They're embracing this and their sex positivity has become an enormously powerful movement mm-hmm. and it still has a long way to go, obviously, but it's miles beyond what it was when I was your age, Annie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this has been a sort of a transformative experience that I've, I've managed to, to witness in my own lifetime. Uh, I also outside of, my work here at How Stuff Works, I'm a medievalist. So for me, I think back to the rise of the Puritanical era, yes. which, you know, you have you had Catholicism, you had the Protestantism, then you had the outgrowth of Puritanism from Protestantism. And the Puritans, the Puritanical view was essentially anything, anything related to pleasure was considered a distraction from your devotion to God. Yeah. And that therefore was sinful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has gone into becoming the groundwork for uh, American morality and American social mores. Because, again, the Puritans, a lot of them were the people who fled England for, from persecution in England because everyone in England got fed up with them. So they <laughs> fled to America, to the New World. And so while I wouldn't think that American culture today is particularly puritanical, there's still a lot of holdovers in that in our culture. Oh, yeah. And I would say that this particular story – really played that out on uh, a, a specific stage, the tech stage. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, not to be TMI, but I didn't know women could masturbate until college. Mm. College. So we don't talk about it. Yep. We're uh, embarrassed to bring it up, but mm. one third of American women own a vibrator. And again, the device that we're talking about is not a vibrator, but it yeah. does have to do with sexual pleasure for female non-binary folks. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of extrapolate the conversations we have around vibrators sure. to this. Yes. Um, but <laughs> if you look at, so going back to that whole marital aid thing. Yeah. Okay, so back in the 18 and early 1900s, Sex toys, which by itself, if you think about that term, already says that this is kind of a frivolous, wasteful activity. Yes. Um, This is not in any way inherent to someone's health. Right. And you would hear from more recent authority that sexual pleasure and health are very much – they're all part of the same umbrella. Yeah. And not not like, oh, this is just for fun times – yeah. I, this doesn't mean anything. This doesn't contribute to your well-being in any meaningful way. Yeah, and I am a huge advocate for sex education, mm-hmm. such a huge advocate. But I do think that the little sex education we do get in this country, or at least in most of the country, um, it's focused on fear-mongering of these are the diseases you could get. Right. You could get pregnant. We should be talking about when it's when sex is done well and people consent and you're adults – it's pleasurable. It should be pleasurable. Mm-hmm. We never talk about it. I can't imagine hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what yeah. ideally. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where it's so taboo. I mean, it's not gotten to the point. It's been this way for 
for decades, for centuries. Mm-hmm. But the, it's it's at the point where if you try and imagine that scenario, like you you first, I'm sure you put yourself in your own shoes back when you were in middle school or high school, and you think, all right, well, I'm in health class, yes. and we're we're hitting that sex ed block of content, mm-hmm. and you imagine what your reaction would have been like had that discussion started up. And the first thing you think is everyone being immature and giggling and not being able – and blushing and not being able to like just wanting to be anywhere else than where you were. And that's because we have this cultural taboo against sexuality. It's not – again, it's not inherent in the subject itself. Right. That if we were to able – if we were able to change that uh, that set of mores and beliefs and values and our perceptions – that we could get to a point where you could have this conversation, and I'm sure there's always going to be someone who's from a household that is uh, more conservative or uh, more restrictive or whatever that still feels like this is a inappropriate or, or uncomfortable topic. Mm-hmm. But we could get to a point where you can have that sort of conversation. I think it's a very important conversation in the in the wake of all the stories we hear many of them in the tech sphere of harassment and worse. Yes. A lot of that deals, you could trace that right back to a lack of education, which leads also to a lack of empathy. Mm -hmm. And uh, you get this this, uh, reinforced sense of entitlement, especially among straight dudes. Mm -hmm. You know, everything in our society uh, establishes the straight dude as the norm. Yes. And then everything else is a deviation from the norm. Right. And the norm gets everything. Mm. And the more de- you deviate from the norm, the less you get. So as the norm, you have an expectation for sexual pleasure. Yes. You have an expectation to get it when you want it from who you want it. Yeah. Like, this is me making like the most extreme case for that. But that right. that that's kind of the problem we have to tackle. And again, one that ends up being – uh, illustrated by this case we're talking about. I know that we're 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 ranging <laughs> wide and far. We are <laughs> for tech stuff, but the important thing for me is one. It relates back to the specific story and what happened. Two, it relates back to the concept of inclusion and diversity in technology in general. We want more women to get into those fields. Everyone benefits when you get a more diverse level of expertise and perspectives into any industry, not just technology. Um, And that I know that there are a lot of women who listen to tech stuff. And I want them to know that, like, I'm totally 100% on this particular train. Like, I am not – I don't want anyone to get any mistaken belief about where I stand on this. Yeah. Yeah. which means that I'm going to get a billion tweets telling me that I'm preachy again. But that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind being preachy about this. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a good topic yeah. to get those kind of tweets about. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to some of the other ones I do. I mean, like when I get real mad about Android versus a- Apple, it's, it's kind of Ooh. kind of minor in, in comparison. Jonathan from the future again. Jetpacks are awesome. It's time to take another quick break to thank our sponsor. Now, what do you think? What do you think CTA should do? It, it, let's say that you you're brought on, okay, as a as an advisor, like they're a consultant. Uh-huh. CTA brings you in. They're like, Annie, we're in a mess. <laughs> yeah. We we did this stuff. The optics are terrible. Uh-huh. Everyone is is 
saying that we're sexist and misogynist and there, there's gender bias, what should we do to fix it? Well, I assume there is no time machine invented. No, no. It, if it had been, I'm sure it would have gotten the best of innovation Yeah, award. that's true. That's true. I feel like at this point, since CS 2019 is over, yeah. they're going to have to think about what they're going to do, the steps they're going to take for 2020. That is wild that we're talking about 2020. But um, what what can they do to get not only more women to come to the conference, but more female or non-binary companies or technologies to exhibit there? Mm-hmm. And like you were saying, I think that's a great idea for health and sexuality to have its own category. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think on top of that, there needs to be some kind of public, because like you said, we don't really know where CTA stands, stands. on this. Yeah. Um, so make some kind of public statement saying we were wrong to do this or either this is why we did this. This is why we thought we should. This is a thing that we should have done. Yeah. Some kind of clarity around it. Here are the steps we're going to take so that we can be more inclusive and we can be an environment that does welcome innovation from everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if you don't do that, then the danger you run into is saying, oh, all this inclusion that you're talking about, this 50-50 split of keynote speakers is all for show and you don't actually mean it. Right. Like you're responding to the perception but not to the actual problem. Right. And... Doing what you're suggesting shows that, oh, no, we recognize that there are there are hurdles to overcome and we are dedicating ourselves to actually doing that. Mm-hmm. I agree entirely. I think I think they need to say either we were in the wrong mm-hmm. or we don't believe we were in the wrong, but we do believe we did it the wrong way. Yeah. Right. Like here's here's what here's ultimately why we made the decision we made. But the way that it was communicated and the way it uh, it unfolded was wrong, and we are responsible for that. You cannot blame Laura DiCarlo for their reaction because they got an award and then they got it taken away. That yeah. is, listen, that's that's Charlie Brown going to kick the football and then <laughs> the football gets pulled away. Yeah, right. You don't do that. It's not cool. And and beyond that, the denial to exhibit, like that's still to me, that's like the thing that I can't get past the most. Yeah. Like the award I think is bull hockey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was trying to be like, what what word am I going to use? <laughs> um I think that's nonsense. I think the I think re- rescinding the award is nonsense. Uh but I think the denial of exhibiting it at all is like I, I can't understand unless yeah. you go with that initial response they gave, exactly. where they think it's obscene. Yep, and that's what has to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation. I am sad that it is necessary. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's generally. I mean, come listen to stuff I'm never told you, listeners. But that's kind of what the whole show is. <laughs> like, I can't believe we have to talk about this right now, yeah. but we do. Yeah. Well, I can't even imagine. Like I've had this. Actually, this also tells me that I should have had you on numerous times before because I've covered 
other topics, like I've covered topics. Uh, uh, Google had the infamous yes. sexual harassment issue mm-hmm. that that you, where you had uh, women organizing so that they could do a walkout and protest because of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, and you know for the longest time, Google was looked at as a fairly benevolent company mm-hmm. uh, that has obviously changed over the last, I'd say, five years. Right. But you know, for a long time, their official motto was uh, "Do no, do no evil," or yep. "Do not, don't be evil." I think was specifically was "Don't be evil." Mm-hmm. By the way, that has not been their motto for at least five years. Exactly. Mm. Mm. So uh, I will definitely reach out to you to talk about these kind of things in the future. But uh, yeah, I I agree entirely. This is something that there there's an opportunity here. To address a problem yeah. and to make an improvement and to set up 2020 so that these these sort of products can take their rightful place. I mean, I also read a great interview where they were talking with uh, Laura Haddock about the possibility, what if CES were to create a show space where uh, all the the sex toys and, and marital aids yes. could exist and maybe it's apart from everything else. And she said, well, we have those already. We have – those kind of trade shows, those yeah. trade shows exist. Mm-hmm. What we're asking for is a seat at the consumer electronics table mm-hmm. where it's – we're not treating this as a taboo subject or something that needs to be behind closed doors. Yeah. Or that, uh, that you know, oh, you have to go behind the curtain at the video yeah. store to go check that out. Like mm-hmm. Because that, again, it already sets the stage that this is a taboo thing, right? Yeah. Um. So I agree with that. Uh, I think – I don't think I'm ever going to reach a point of maturity where I'll be able to walk through the show floor without maybe blushing uh-huh. quite a bit. But that's because of my own personal hangups and the fact that I went way too long before getting uh, semi-woke. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. But that's my own personal failing, yes. not anyone else's. Sure. Uh, I do want to throw in here that by 2021, sex toys are estimated to be worth about $30 billion. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money to pretend like no one does it. It is. Mm. Yeah. Um, To put it behind the curtain, shall we say. To sit there and and say like, like, well, I mean, come on. How how important could this industry be? Look, when you're starting to throw around billion with a B, you're talking talking a serious industry. So – Thank you, Annie, for agreeing to be on the show and to have this conversation with me. I greatly appreciate it. I was, I was, I remember when I first walked up to you and I, I wanted to approach you about the subject, and I, I literally, I was like, I have no idea how this conversation is going to go. <laughs> and Annie, to your credit, you were like, totally, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so great. much for asking me. I've this has been a great conversation. I could, um, I could talk about this. A lot. And that's perhaps why I am on <laughs> yeah. a podcast that does that. Yeah. And I, I, I hope that uh, if you guys over at Stuff Mom Never Told You cover topics like this, I can't wait to hear them because I want I really want to hear your full perspective. Uh, that show, obviously, you know, you've developed your own uh, structure and tone and it's, it's a very special show, a very important show. And, uh, you know, you're able to balance – Rage and humor in a way that I greatly admire. Thank you. <laughs> it's a skill. <laughs> yeah, no, the fact that you aren't just constantly going around and punching everybody is a phenomenon to me. I'm I'm amazed. 
Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't I, get complimented on not punching people enough. I, I also just want to say thank you because <laughs> I like my face not punched. Annie, uh, so where can people find all of your work in case they are not familiar? You can find me over on Stuff I'm Never Told You. And you can also find me on Savor, which is a podcast about food and travel. It's a little bit lighter, but not always. Yeah, formerly called Food Stuff. Formerly called Food Stuff, yes. Um, and I'm assuming that most people who listen to this are pretty uh, – they, they know what they're doing technologically wise. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, you can find it on Google. Um, you can find it on the iHeartRadio app. I think we're legally obligated to say that. <laughs> oh, are we? <laughs> I need to get with the times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, come on over. We have conversations like this all the time. Fantastic. Annie, thank you so much. And guys, if you have any questions, maybe you have follow-up questions about this episode. Maybe you have suggestions for other topics. Maybe you heard this and you thought – this is really interesting. I want to hear more on this line of topics. Then let me know, uh, even if it's not something that Tech Stuff should tackle, I can certainly hand it over to Annie so that uh, she can look into that. Or maybe, who knows? You never know what will become the next miniseries episode. That's uh, true. Thing. Like, we're, we are constantly on the lookout for possible podcast topics that may not fit in any existing show, but might be a great, let's say, 10-episode series. Mm -hmm. So if you have something where you're like, I really want to hear maybe like a full series about the history of the intersection between sexuality and technology, Ooh. that could be phenomenal. Yeah, I am not the right person to do that because I will at some point just end up blushing so hard I pass out. Well, I'll come back anytime. Yeah. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll be happy to hand the baton okay. over to you. <laughs> but that might be an excellent miniseries. But if there's anything else along those lines, you should send me an email. Let me know. The address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. You can check out the website. That's techstuffpodcast.com. You can find all the archives there as well as other ways to get in touch with me. Don't forget to pop over to the merchandise store. That's tpublic.com slash techstuff. Every purchase you make goes to help the show, and we greatly appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 